Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. All these different hurricanes that have been hitting our continent lately. Uh, the winds blow, the waters rise, and destruction in its path. That is kind of what happens with the heart when there's sin and no forgiveness. The heart is troubled and it leaves destruction in its wake. Yet we hear about what we need to calm our storms among us and between us and God, forgiveness from the heart this morning. We will follow along with the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our first hymn, 579. The soloist will sing verse 1 and the refrain.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Father has forgiven all our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross, 
and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Father, you graciously forgive us all our sins and abundantly provide for all our needs of body and soul. Give us confidence in your mercy and teach us also to be merciful to our neighbor that we willingly forgive all people and judging only ourselves, lead blessed lives to your glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The storms of guilt had been brewing for some time. Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery, mistreated him so, so many years ago. And now that their father was dead and, and gone, they were terrified. Would Joseph forgive us? Of course. That's what children of God do. They look to what their father has done through all of it, and they forgive. Our first lesson from Genesis 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. The word of the Lord. Continue with the anthem. Shining like the sun, a fortune I inherit. 
Our second lesson from Ephesians 4 and 5, the basis for our sermon this morning. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of the Lord. Please stand. Alleluia, Alleluia. from Matthew chapter 18, we see those storms coming out in Jesus' parable of the unforgiving servant, those storms which are only calmed by the mercy of our master, the Lord. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, 733.
mercy and peace to you. From God, our Heavenly Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God's word we consider in our sermon from Ephesians 4 and 5. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Alexander Graham Bell was a legendary inventor from the 1800s. He was the first person who got a patent on the telephone, a practical telephone, one one that would work. And that was a groundbreaking device at the time. You mean to tell me I can listen to my loved one's voice from miles away? You mean to tell me I can get important messages without having to wait? Amazing. Yet, Alexander Graham Bell didn't just uh, have work on the telephone. He was an inventor, a scientist, an engineer. He invented a photophone. He invented a wireless form of communication so that it could transmit messages along a beam of light. He invented a metal detector. These inventions, some of which are still being used today, helped millions of people all around the world. And really, it's not a surprise that he did those things. He was just following in the footsteps of his father, Alexander Melville Bell. He was an inventor, too a phonetic physiologist specializing in speech, and he helped uh, come up with a system of symbols so that deaf people could communicate better with each other and with those who could speak and hear uh, normally. Amazing inventor. Yet he showed his son, taught his son, and his son is just like his father. That is what our God urges each of us today as well. Follow in your Father's footsteps, both fortifying and also forgiving. Our Father is an amazing communicator, and he is very concerned with the communication that goes back and forth within and from us too. And so that's why he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. What does that mean, unwholesome talk? The Apostle Paul, a few verses later, gives some good examples of that. He says, don't let any obscenity come out of your mouths. That explicit, sharp, shocking language that is just plain bad. Or foolish talk. Foolish talk, things that are intended to pick a quarrel with someone else on something that God's word doesn't take a stand on. Or coarse joking, Uh, witty or clever humor uh, that's uh, very perhaps discreetly put, but still just unfitting, still just inappropriate. Now we could spend all day long giving different examples of unwholesome talk, uh, but the fact of the matter is when you know it, uh, you hear it when you know it, whether it's kind of like a sour chord or a clashing note in music. 
when you hear it, you just know it. Unwholesome talk is something that doesn't really help anyone, and in fact, for the most part, it's going to end up harming at least someone. So, you've probably noticed that some people don't seem to have a filter on what comes out of their mouths. Well, children of God do. So God says, use it. Yet what should that filter let through? What should come out of our mouths? Paul continues and says, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. There in Ephesus, to whom the the audience of this, this letter was directed, there in Ephesus, they knew a lot about building. There in Ephesus was the temple of Artemis, this huge structure, bigger than a football field, and over six stories high, uh, made of marble. It took over 120 years to build, and by the time of Paul, it had already been standing for about 500 years. It was quite a sturdy building. So there in Ephesus, they knew about building, and we do too around here, don't we? Yet God says, build each other up according to their needs. People's needs are going to be different at different times. Sometimes we need to be called out on sin, as we heard last week. Other times, reminded of God's love for us. Sometimes our needs include being guided in Christian living, ways that we can thank God with our life, or having a stronger defense against the devil, or deepening our prayer life. Different needs at different times, but God says, let the words that come out of your mouth build each other up, strengthen and fortify them according to their needs as we talk to each other, fortifying each other. Yet, when we have a loose filter and when we don't bother to fortify each other, that grieves the Holy Spirit. That's kind of what happened back at the time of the flood. Every inclination of people's heart at that time was only evil all the time. Terrible words coming out of their mouths and actions towards each other, violence. And the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever. The Lord was grieved. He regretted that he had even made humans at that time. When you grieve the Holy Spirit... Eventually, he leaves, taking the Lord's saving presence with him, just like he did for Saul. Saul refused to repent. The Spirit of the Lord withdrew from him. Satan stepped in, and ultimately, Saul died alone, without God, grieved the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Yet rather, Be the one who is grieved. That's God's work, isn't it? Part of God's work for us is leading us to grieve over our loose filters and our loveless words. And where we have failed, God fulfills. God builds up. God fortifies. If you read through the book of Ephesians, you'll see that God's interest in that book was building up and fortifying the Ephesian Christians. He had set them on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. He had joined them together with the larger building, the Holy Christian Church. He had 
built them up and fortified them so that they rise to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And God, your father, has done the same thing for you. He's founded you on Christ crucified. He's fitted you together by the washing with water through the word in your baptism. He fortifies you with his word by his spirit. Not only that, built up and fortified by God, sealed by his spirit. Much like pressing a ring into hot wax or making an impression on paper, a seal, the spirit has left his mark on you made you a child of God, built you up with those words from the scriptures, brought the message of Christ's redemption to you, sealed you for the day of redemption so that with his mark on you, a believer in Christ, you're saved, secure, and headed for eternal life on that last day. God's work is building you up and fortifying you so that we can fortify others with our words and use that filter as we talk with each other. So you've been struggling lately? Let me say a prayer for you right here, right now. You've been hurting and lonely after the loss of a loved one? There are some great songs for that. Let's sing them. I know that my Redeemer lives. It is well with my soul. You've been feeling worthless lately? I just read a devotion last week about how much Christ values us. Let me talk to you about it. All these words, useful for building each other up. That's what children of the Heavenly Father do. They follow in their Father's footsteps fortifying, and also forgiving. In the city of Ephesus, so many sins committed against each other. They lied to each other. They stole from each other. Their tempers flared out at each other. Drunkenness violated marriages and families. Fathers were cruel to their children. Husbands hurt their wives. Wives demeaned their husbands. Sin was a mess. We know because these are the sins that Paul addressed in his letter to the Ephesians. They were happening back in Ephesus and in the early Christian church just like those kinds of sins happen today among Christians, among God's people. It shouldn't be, but it is due to our sinful natures. And when sin happens, it's painful. It gets ugly. Things get angry and they get aggressive, especially where there's no forgiveness. You heard Jesus' parable in the gospel, didn't you? That first servant, when another servant owed him a debt, he went to that servant, he grabbed him, he began to choke him, and he shouted at him, had him thrown into jail. What violence, where there is no forgiveness. And Paul warns against that here in Ephesians chapter 4 as well. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, 
along with every form of malice, bitterness uh, that broods and comes out with biting comments, uh, not just that day, but weeks, months, and years later. Rage that throws things, that damages and destroys property, fights physically, anger that burns deep within and flares out at people, slander, abusive language, uncontrolled shouting, all of these things. They have a way of brewing up into a hot mess. And God says, don't fling that at each other. Dump it out. Get rid of it. Remove it. All of those things. Be kind and compassionate. Forgive each other. Kindness is doing what's morally right and good. Compassion is not just doing something on the outside, but it's having a tender spot in your heart for someone, being emotionally concerned about them. Forgiving. You see the word give in there? That's at the root of the original word forgiving here too. It's a gift, a gracious pardoning of someone else's wrong. That is so difficult for us, isn't it? Oh, we might get to the point where we can be civil on the outside with someone, especially if we have to interact with them daily, weekly, regularly. But this goes beneath the surface, down to the heart. Who could do that? Our Father can. In fact, He is the one who invented it. He is our Father, and we are His children. God is kind. He was kind especially to those who didn't deserve it. He gives people life here and time here. He sends sunshine and rain. He gives life to the dead. He rescues the lost. He heals those who are sick. And he fills the hungry soul with good things. His kindness is also compassionate. His heart was moved in a sin-saturated world, to do something about it. He had compassion on the widow and the foreigner. He had compassion on the lost son who returned, humbled and empty. He is forgiven. When we were dead in our sins, he forgave us, canceling our debts at the cross. He forgave us in Christ more than we could ever ever count, more than we could ever repay all of our wrongs, each and every last one, as a gift forgiven in Christ. He says, now walk in my footsteps. We will. We'll stumble. Those are big strides, big footsteps to fill, but, but we will follow in our Father's footsteps. I love the smells of fall. In the fall, we have football games. It's just about harvest time. The leaves are about to change colors. There's grills and brats and burgers, hot cider and pumpkins and hot chocolate, campfires. <sighs> the sweet fragrance of fall. 
But God directs us in these verses to what smells the sweetest to him. It's the forgiveness of sins. There is no more pleasing odor and aroma to God than forgiveness. Uh, Throughout the Old Testament, when sacrifices were offered, blood spilled, death completely devoted, the smoke rose up to heaven and filled God's nostrils. All of those sacrifices really pointed ahead to the one. The one that smells so amazing to God. It's Christ's sacrifice. And as Paul unfolds that for us, we see Christ had the same will as his Father. The Father loved the world. Christ loved the world. Christ loved us. The Father gave his Son. The Son, Christ, gave himself willingly. No one had to force him. He did it joyfully and gladly for us. He offered himself there at the cross as the blood was spilled. Christ's complete holiness, his thorough sacrifice, all of God's smoldering, burning anger down on Christ for our loose filters and our loveless words, there on Christ that rose up to God's nostrils. <sighs> Smells amazing. There God smelled debt canceled, freedom won, a sentence served, yours and mine, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Every time you forgive your brother or sister who sins against you, it smells the same to God because that forgiveness is in Christ. We're just walking in our Father's footsteps, forgiving. Alexander Graham Bell's wife was deaf. When she was very young, caught scarlet fever and lost her hearing, ever since then, she was deaf the rest of her life. Yet so was his mother, mostly deaf. Can you see why he had such compassion for communication? He worked tirelessly to invent more, to make more, to build more for the benefit of people like his own wife and like his mother. Isn't it kind of the same for you and me? We have family members, brothers and sisters in Christ, people in our congregation, other Christians all around us who need so desperately to hear, you're forgiven. That is worth our effort, our building up, our toiling away, our untiring, unceasing struggling to bring that to them. It's what we all need to hear more than anything else. The favor from our Father, uh, the forgiveness in Christ, the fortifying work of the Spirit, all coming out of our mouths to others. This is our effort Yet this is also our joy and our delight to follow in our Father's footsteps. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Loving God and Lord, you created the universe that surrounds us and the globe on which we live. You control all things through your Son, who sits at your right hand in glory. Give your word power as it works in our hearts and minds. Clear away our confusion and demolish our doubts. Send your spirit to strengthen both our confidence in your promises and our desire to live according to your will. The signs of the times warn us that the end of time is near. Protect us from scoffers who sneer at your truth. Spare us and Christians around the world from all forms of hate and persecution. Instill in the hearts of our children a desire to follow you as they prepare for future days. Help them distinguish between what is passing and what is eternal, between instant thrills and lasting joy. Encourage more young people to prepare for service in the public ministry of the gospel. Hold in your care, Lord, those who are experiencing physical or emotional pain and all who are afflicted by disease or facing death. Pour out your compassion on the grieving and comfort the mourners who miss someone they loved. Heavenly Father, please watch over your child, Donna Wheeland, through her knee surgery tomorrow. Grant skill and success to the surgeons and a smooth recovery according to your will. And Jesus, our living Lord, thank you for the 97 years of life that you have given to your servant, Evelyn Springer. Grant her a joyful celebration with loved ones on Tuesday and eternal joys together with you, all by your grace. And hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. Whether we pray together or alone, you have promised to hear and answer us. Give us patience to accept your blessings in whatever way you send them. In your love and wisdom, prepare us for the day when you will take us to be with you forever. Continue with our next hymn.
Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for our closing hymn.